ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, this is the podcast. I seriously thank you so much. Uh, couldn't have made it this far without you. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me. The podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside uh, whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time, temperature, routine, travel, whatever's keeping you awake. I'd like to take your mind off of that. I'm going to take this safe place. I'm going to move my hand in a counterclockwise position. Oh, no, that's clockwise position. It's actually a motion. Um, I'm smoothing this uh, safe place down. And now I'm going to go counterclockwise, which I can see is counterclockwise, and uh, de-ruffle. And now I'm going to go, you know, now I'm going to do some smoothing. Oh, and now I'm going to take my thumbs and my forefingers, and I'm going to pull, pull this uh, safe place uh, taut. Uh, and then I'm going to pat it and say, hey, welcome to the safe place. Uh, I want you to feel treated. I'm glad you're here. It's important you're here. But it's also not super important. I mean, I want you to feel treated with dignity and respect. Uh, but this place is, uh, not only is it safe, I, I want it to be, I don't know if I can make it devoid of pleasure. Uh, devoid's a nice word. Maybe we could come back to that, devoid. It also rhymes with something from my childhood. So I'll cross my fingers on that. But I want it to be a place with low pressure, where you could say, okay, I'm relaxing here. And if you're new, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones and pointless meanders, extra ta- tangents. Uh, I'm going to go off topic. I'm not going to make a lot of sense. You know, there will be a bit of sense in here, but it is a bit goofy and senseless. So, like, just for example, structurally, if you're new, a show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the show free and going. Then there's an intro, which is about 12 minutes of me explaining what the show is, which for some people I say, well, that's, isn't that? And I say, well, it's part of the method. It's part of the wind down. It's part of me reminding you that I'm glad you're here and that you deserve a good night's sleep. And it's also attempted to be a little bit fun, uh, like uh, where I can try to take the seriousness out of your day. And you could use it while you unwind at home, while you brush your teeth, while you when you first get in bed, or you could listen after you're comfortable. Some people fall asleep during the intro. Some people use it to unwind. Some people skip it, and some people listen to it during the day as well. So whatever works for you. There's no pressure. Uh, but again, don't put any pressure on the podcast because it really will. Uh, it's mushy. So you say, well, I'm pre- I want this thing to make sense. I want to understand it. I say, well, I've been doing these. I've done whatever, 700-something episodes, and I still have not found a concise way to explain the podcast, even to people, you know, at least people I'm related to or know me. They say, well, that reminds me of you. Uh, so give it a shot, uh, it, but it doesn't work for everybody. Creaky dulcet tones, they may grow on you, or for a few people, they that you say, well, those are more like a creaky, the creaky dulcet uh, tones make me want to, you know, whatever, whatever, just take some dones or have a little, have a little groan. I say, okay, well, give it a few tries. There's no pressure uh, for you to like this show or to like me. Uh, just give it a shot. I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to be your friend. If I can be, I'm a, I guess I'm an application status uh, to say, hey, could I be, could I, could, could you trust me? Well, you know, let, let's give it a shot. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, the onus is on me to talk pointlessly and bore you to sleep. Uh, the reason to make the show is because I've been there, uh, unable to fall asleep, tossing and turning. Even last night after reading and not being able to keep my eyes open. Uh, and then I said, what in the heck? Uh, why am I sensing all these things that are 
we get weren't when I was reading they weren't getting on my, my uh, they weren't getting my attention uh, and my eyes wouldn't stay open but as soon as I close that book up I say hey we we need you no know, let's analyze this uh, so I've been there and I believe you deserve a good night's sleep it's, oh structure show tonight so there'll be an intro some business between the intro and the show and tonight will be like part of our retrospective because we just crossed 700 episodes so it'll just be a look back at a uh, a little bit of the history of the show, and then uh, the last 100 episodes, uh, but in a real slow, meandering way. So th- that'll be this episode. And some people say, well, it's a little, ce-, you know, I say, well, it's uh, to celebrate uh, everything the listeners have been along on this journey. And it's also good bedtime story material. When I say, huh, did I remember, what was that episode about, uh, Oh, I remember that. Charles Dickens is the name. Uh, Scoots is telling lulling non-anecdotes about me. It's the game. Uh, so what I was saying earlier is like one of my goals is to make uh, a bedtime, oh, devoid of pressure. So that's another thing I want you to know. It's like there's no pressure for you to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for an hour to keep you company. And to kind of walk at your side, to talk to you across the bedroom, uh, to be here while you fall asleep. This is more of the podcast that's here while you fall asleep than so much it puts you to sleep. It's like I'm trying to take your mind off of stuff uh, to keep you company as you drift off, uh, as you slip through my fingers. Uh, So no pressure to fall asleep, no pressure to listen either. I shouldn't be talking about anything super interesting, especially I just recorded the episode, so I say, well, if you're interested in the history of the podcast, you could listen during the day or listen to one of the interviews I've done in other podcasts or radio shows. Uh, or, yeah, but, but it's, it's a pretty meandering memory journey. Um, and I think it'll, I think it'll help you get off. Uh, uh, so you don't need to listen to me. Don't need to pay attention. And I don't know. I mean, I think one of the sh- things I strive for when I make this uh, podcast is, uh, yeah, to create, to try to at least evoke a spirit of not just sort of friendship or companionship or that I'm here to help and to take your mind off of stuff, uh, but evoke a silly spirit. It doesn't. Ha- it could be a childlike spirit, or it could be you know adults goof around too, uh, like adults crack up uh, and say, <laughs> "I can't." Like you start laughing uncontrollably sometimes. Uh, so I'm not trying to get that far. I'm just trying to say, hey, well, this is a little bit silly. This is a little bit goofy. And I, I was earlier talking about the word devoid. And I say, well, devoid of pressure, uh, devoid of seriousness, and uh, devoid of com- you know comprehensible points for some people. Uh, for some people. But then when I think about devoid, and I think about when I was a kid, I guess yeah, I already am wrong. I thought there was a pizza, the pizza, one of the pizza companies that delivered pizzas. I thought they had a character named Denoid, but I think it was the Noid. But I guess you could say Denoid. Like that's what I was thinking is, oh, that character was named Denoid, and it was I think it was the N O I D. In my as my memory serves me, the Noid looked a bit like a jester. Uh, that you might see in uh, more in the, maybe a Renaissance style jester. I may be reaching here, or like a, a, a glorified, uh, maybe turn of the century asking pictures of New Orleans and Mardi Gras uh, jesters. I mean, I don't think an actual jester would say, "What well, I don't look like, that's not what I want to be portrayed as, but not like a, not, not negative, but not like, so the Noid was a bit like that. Uh, and I forget what the Noid, like, I don't know if the Noid, even before the Noid, there was a, with, uh, the Golden Arches had a character, uh, the ham, ham bungler, but it was different where he went and went and like took hamburgers and I don't think the, but I think actually the Noid, if you took the real name of the ham bungler, I think that's what the Noid was. The Noid was like, uh, is it, what are those things called? Uh, uh, like uh, the Noid was a bit of a, a pizza glitcher. Like he, I don't think he worked for the pizza company. 
Uh, but what they said, I think it was an attempt at a myth, myth, mythologizing pizza delivery. Uh, like I never, they should have come out. I mean, if I, if they had a time, if I had a time machine, I'd go to their company and say, Hey, have a seat. Let me tell you how this is going to work. We're going to have a children's book, uh, in a podcast. Uh, maybe this could be a podcast episode, the history of the Noid. But the short version is like once upon a time, there was like a great invention, pizza. Then there was a greater invention, delivering it to your homesteads and castles and such. Uh, But with all great things, you know, with great power comes, you know, stuff. Uh, And they said, like, out of the whatever, out of the freaking miasma, whatever came the noids. Uh, This was just one particular, it was the noid. So I don't know if it was the most famous Noid or a representative Noid or there was only one. If there was only one, it was really busy. I guess they said, well, that's what you used to do. Now let's just put you on TV. And uh, so I guess maybe they just said, maybe it was just one, like it was the Milwaukee Noid. And they said, well, you're the only one in existence, but we're going to pretend you exist everywhere. Sorry, I went off the mythology trend part. But, you know, they said everyone in this kingdom was happy getting their pizzas delivered. Until the Noids came, and they would, at some point between when the pizza left the responsible corporate partner with only the customer's pleasure and enjoyment in mind, and the responsible delivery driver, you know, who wanted to be fairly tipped for their time, uh, at some point in there, for most companies, there was a Noid. Is this what the Noid's backstory was? And uh, what the Noid liked to do is mess up pizza before you ate it, uh, Somewhere in that process, and every, then everyone was frowny-faced, and they said, what did I just spend 26 bucks on? And then came a great and shining, uh, you know, you know, whatever, megacore, they said, uh, like in shining armor, and said, well, we, we were the same ones that had the uh, insulated delivery bag, and now we've taken it, we're going to avoid, we avoid the noids. You know, we have boxes, we have things uh, to avoid. That was their big catchphrase, avoid the noid. And I guess if there was a poetic version of this podcast, it'd say devoid of, uh, I don't know what it'd say, devoid of noise. I don't know, a place devoid. I guess that would be a sleep with me podcast, a place devoid of sense and sensibility and uh, but a seriousness. And there probably is a lot more about the Noid I could go on about, but really what I wanted to summarize is that, yeah, this is a place uh, like where the Noid, if you were getting a pizza delivered or you lived in that kingdom, you'd be, you wouldn't be happy about it. Uh, and I guess I would tickle the Noid if I said, well, here's the thing, uh, like you're making a commercial about these Noids and you're taking all these precautions, you said, like double-checking the pizza before you put it in the box, uh, confirming the order, and then walking slowly to your car and putting in a flat. You know, what if I just tickle the Noid? And they say, wait a second. You mean we wouldn't have to double-check our orders? Wouldn't have to drive and walk reasonably? Wouldn't have to make sure everything's on a flat surface? They say, no, not, no problem. I got, I save you tons of money. I'll come to your stores and I'll tickle all the, I'll tickle all the noids in town. I'm like the Pied Piper of noids. And then they'd say, do you have any referrals? And I said, oh yeah, remember if you ever heard of the Milwaukee noid, uh, I took, tickled that, uh, tickled that in Milwaukee noid pink, uh, and, uh, made it really like, uh, now, now lives with uh, a Nana there and the waterfront, uh, just chilling, and she tickles it uh, and pets it. Uh, and you know we're working on more. Anyway, it's a big it's a big project, but I'll tickle your noids. Oh boy, never mind. Uh, so, but I'm here to do to make something like that. Uh, it's a bit silly, like that idea. I say, well, why? Uh, what if I just tickle the noids? Uh, this is a little bit lighter version of that, where I just try to keep you company and barely make you smile. And I would posit if you're new, did you, I mean, were you thinking, were, were you picturing, you say, what is this noise? This is a just pizza jester. Uh, we, oh, we have those where I come from. We call them pizza jesters. 
And I say, yeah, this was like a trademarkable name or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, maybe that could be – actually, that could be a position. I would like to do that, uh, be, be a pizza jester. I think when I – but so, anyway, I'm I'm here to be your sleepy pizza jester uh, and do a little bit of jesting uh, to, to try to uh, – I can't. I don't think I have the power to make your evening devoid of seriousness, uh, but maybe I could just lighten it a little bit. Um, maybe I could just make your shoulders unwind a little bit more, make that bed just a little bit tuck you in there. Because yeah, as I said, I've been there. I appreciate you checking the show out. I appreciate you giving me your time. I work very hard on this show. It doesn't work for everybody, but give it a few tries. That's what everyone that listens says. Uh, uh, but I really hope and, and I really yearn that I can help you fall asleep. Uh, so thanks again for checking the show out. And here's a couple ways we keep the show going. All right, everybody. This is our second retrospective episode, looking back at uh, the last uh, 600 episodes or the last 100 episodes of the podcast. And actually, I'll be looking into the future before release because I'm recording this in early August. Uh, but again, just like in the other one, I, I couldn't have make this show w- with, without you. Uh, so thank you so much for all of your support, all of your listening. Let me really tuck you in bed. Uh, it really is an honor to be here and tell you bedtime stories and to help you go to sleep or to keep you company in the deep, dark night or to keep you company in the day when you might be under some stress. I can't tell you. Uh, I, I mean, maybe you can feel it because I can feel it in my chest and in my uh, gut and in my heart right now talking about it. Uh, I don't know. I didn't expect uh, to. So maybe I'll do a little bit of a personal retrospective, a quick one of the history of the podcast and then um, of the history of the last year and then go into the last 100 episodes with maybe some personal. I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll keep it sleepy. Don't worry. Yeah, because me, we, 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 we definitely seven hundred episodes are pretty far from the beginning. Because uh, when I started this show, and some of you may not know that uh, this, uh, I, I really I had no experience in podcasting or broadcasting or being recorded or performing on the mic, and I also had no idea that this podcast would work out. I I wondered. I, I said to myself, "Why isn't there a bedtime story podcast for grown-ups? And I'd said it for years, and and, uh, and I said, and, and then the answer would come back from another childlike part of me. Well, why don't we make it? And I would say, No, no, no. That, that's not for. We, we can't do that. Uh, that would be, you know, that's too. You know, we don't have that uh, experience. We don't know what we're doing. We couldn't make that. And that kid-like voice would come back and say, come on, let's make that podcast. I think we could make it. And and if you've heard the history of the podcast before, you know, that was something that went on for years. I said, no, no, no. And he said, well, we love all these podcasts. Uh, and it was uh, recently, it was just exchanging tweets with Brian from Coverville, which was one of the first podcasts I started listening to on a regular basis in the aughts. I don't know what aught. uh in oh something oh five i don't know what year it was but uh and that was one of the shows i said wow you can really make a joyful podcasts are a joyful thing and they can really be about anything and brian shows about cover songs and it still continues to this day and he's in the podcast hall of fame he's been doing it since the beginning he's also on the morning stream so i know a lot of morning stream shout out because uh, I know a lot, of, uh, you know, we have some crossover in our audience, which is really cool. So, uh, like, just hearing stuff like that it, it encouraged my child, Brian. Whatever, I don't know if Brian is an inner child. I think he probably does. But say, hey, well, his look at he's making this fun show about cover songs. Uh, back then, there were shows like Dawn and Drew, and uh, Scott Sigler had these audiobook style podcasts. Uh, uh, those were two other ones. As my kid was like, "Hey, look at the, look at the, look at these shows." Uh, and sometimes, like early on, I would listen to podcasts with other people, and they wouldn't they wouldn't feel the same. And then there was a uh, this podcast. Uh, what was it called? Uh, WDW uh, Today, and it was these guys, uh, these five guys, or what's he? Len, Mike, Mike, 
and Matt, and then sometimes they would have another guest, uh, like, uh, talking about, like, uh, in depth about the Disney World theme park. And it was just so interesting to just hear these, like, like, it was literally like I was getting to look in through a window on their lives, even though a lot of stuff they talked about was subtextual and there'd be tension between them. Uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was ostensibly they're just talking about Disney theme parks, but it was like hearing it, it, it just felt like I was getting to inhabit, uh, like being John Malkovich in each one of them. And, uh, it, I don't know, it was just another one that I said, wow, you really can make a podcast about anything and, and, and just do it. And at the time, I think the big podcast uh, was Ricky Gervais's, like a repurposing of a radio show. Uh, as a podcast or as a po- radio, po- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I never looked. I think I have looked into the history, but uh, it was uh, Stephen Merchant, Ricky Gervais, and Carl Pilkington. And I think that's Carl Pilkington's kind of a big debut in the world. And it's just another very funny, very different, especially from American radio. And again, my kids said, wow, look at all this stuff. And there's so much other stuff that I was listening to, but those are just a few examples. And I said, no, 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 we like, uh, like, and I kept putting, putting that idea to bed and saying, not listening to that call. And then at some point I did listen to the call and we'll skip over the, the years between them. Uh, I kind of talked about it on other shows, but, uh, I, I, I was trying other stuff and like, I, I had, uh, kind of is slowly been starting to commit to living my life a little bit fuller and not in a, and it was a slow, very slow, uh, journey to do that, uh, and to take some action where I could. And there was a lot of, uh, a lot more backwards motion than forward motion, but there was still some forward motion. And then at some point, uh, one of the things I was working on did not work out. And, uh, I remember, and I've talked about this in other places. I was on a, I was on a bus uh, during a train, the train, a transit strike where the trains weren't running, and so it was a local, like a very, very long bus ride with a lot of stops and a lot of people, uh, just because the trains were down and people were trying to get to work. It wasn't like a bus you would normally commute uh, on, and uh, we, this project kind of imploded with the other people. I was. Uh, um, collaborating with and right at that point like i knew that project was done i had time every week committed to that project and this part of me said hey why don't you start that sleep podcast right now and i said what what uh, yeah where you were working on this other project uh it just start to work on the sleep podcast just put, put it in there and i said uh okay uh, okay yeah and i said just do it because otherwise life's going to close up and uh you won't get a chance to do it. I think you should do it. And I said, okay, okay, yeah, let's do it. And so I did it, and uh, uh, I just started, basically. is a non-dramatic thing. I was looking on YouTube and the Internet for how to make a podcast. I borrowed some equipment, and I said, let's just start trying to make this bedtime story podcast for grown-ups. And let's start, like, from what I had learned on the Internet, uh, and from listening to people that had been making podcasts, uh, one was podcasts aren't a money-making uh, 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 thing. Uh, two, it's very hard, especially when you have no, so I didn't have any expectation of that. And then I said, well, it's very hard to get people to listen to podcasts, uh, especially if you don't have an audience. So I said, okay, that's good probably, those two things, because I don't know what I'm doing. And the consensus seemed to be, that it took three years to, to get people like to build any kind of audience. So I said, okay, well, two to three years usually, but it definitely is three years is a consensus. But it's easier to say, okay, well, two to three years is a little more palatable. And then another consistent piece of advice, and not a hundred percent like uh, this is a gray area, but a like a stronger is if you don't have an audience, uh, releasing something on a consistent basis uh, will help. Uh, uh, you know, that's better than just releasing it randomly. Uh, for me, it was like, and that worked. I said, okay, so have a deadline. And I did think about it when I was making the podcast. I said, well, if people are falling asleep. And if, if this podcast did work and I was listening to it, I would want it on, I would want to know when it's coming out and I would want it to be out then. And so that's something we've always kind of stuck to is to like really having a consistent schedule 
uh, even down to the time, I, unless there's a glitch uh, that the episodes come out, uh, which uh, they think currently is 4 p.m. Pacific on Sundays and Wednesdays. And then what happened was I started making the podcast and I started putting it out and I, I was learning. And you can listen to the kind of the the content side and the lulling retrospective of the first 500 episodes. Because uh, in that first 100, 100, 150 episodes is really where the current state of the podcast was born uh, from all the experimentation not so much in the, the 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 content of the content, but in the creation of it, and, and saying what works, what's sustainable uh, for the creation standpoint. And at some point in there, probably pretty early on, I was settled on a three time week schedule because I said, well, if I was listening to podcasts again, I would want it five nights a week if I relied on it to fall asleep. And I said, well, that's not impo- that's impossible. And he said, if I push really, really, put a lot of work in, I can do it three times a week. And also there's a part of me in my mind that said, well, if it's it three times a week, uh, yeah, maybe that'll be good for the audience. Uh, and uh, then I said, okay, can I do that for two years? Uh, and that became my goal. That was my goal pretty early on was like, can I make this podcast? Uh, well, first it was like with the goal of making it for two years, but having points in between to be like, can I make two episodes? Can I make eight episodes? Can I make 20 episodes? Can I make 50 episodes? And I think when I got to 50, I was like, I'm definitely making this for two years. And, and that was like a, a bit of a, like, not having a little bit more, I think I may be overcommitted. So that war was tough uh, because because between 50 and uh, there was 250 episodes between episode 50 and two years. Uh, but I kept at it for two years. And at the end of two years, I said to myself, uh, uh, well, can we, should we keep making this podcast? Yes, but uh, is this sustainable? And the answer was no. It was just uh, the podcast uh, is like making a podcast uh, like this is the equivalent of like a, at least a two or three person a team. If each person's working like a normal work schedule of like 40 hours a week. And I was also working a job this whole time to pay my bills and keep the, you know, and pay the bills of the podcast, uh, which at the time were sm- like smaller because the podcast was smaller. But at the end of two years, I said, okay, well, we have an audience. Uh, and I think at the time, maybe at the end of two years, there was like 10,000 regular listeners, which is really, I was really grateful for that. And, and uh, that was a really something that said, okay, this podcast does have potential. And so then I forget if I committed for another year or two years. I think I said, okay, well, I think I said, can I make this sustainable in a year? Like, otherwise I'll have to stop. Uh, I think that's what I decided. Maybe I said two more years to make it sustainable. Uh, I can't remember, but I said, okay, like, let's see if we could get it to a number of listeners where it's sustainable, like where it could sustain itself, which is at the time, yeah. I don't think I think this was more not prevailing logic or consensus, but more just a internet opinion was like, oh, if you have thirty or forty thousand regular listeners, you could definitely pay for one or two full time positions. And I did find out that for my podcast, it wasn't true because it puts people to sleep, uh, so it makes it a, it adds this extra hurdle of trying to pay the bills uh, when people are asleep. Uh, but so I said, I think I said by three years, if I be around that number, uh, then maybe it's, it'll be sustained. Like then I can find a way to, to sustain it. And I think, I'm not sure my memory is not perfect, but I I think around three years, we're right around that number, like 30, 40,000 regular listeners. Uh, but in there, I don't know if we, like when in three years, we never, we didn't really have any money. We didn't, well, we didn't have any money coming in. We had a tiny bit of Amazon money coming in. Mostly I was still subsidizing. Well, no, mostly I was subsidizing the, the podcast with my free labor. And then all, you know, any money I would spend, I would have spent on myself or, or like, uh, my, my leisure money. Like it was like a expensive hobby or something like that. And at the end of three years, I think this was three years, but maybe this was two years. I don't know. I said, I don't think I can keep doing this. Like, it's just no, like, uh, it's, it's easy to do something like this for two or three years. So maybe I'm getting two or three years mixed up. But but I said, uh, 
I need help. I can't keep putting this episode show out three times a week. It's just not uh, achievable. And so I, uh, I was like, okay, well, how, what can I do to get help? And I think we tested it. We, t- we tested some sponsors in there at some point and that didn't really take hold as a reliable source of money. And then at some point we started the Patreon and I said, okay, if I could bring in enough money to pay someone to do the, the first edit of the show, the editing, like after it's recorded, editing the episode, uh, so it's pretty much ready to go. I mean, I would listen and, and, and you know, make any changes. Uh, like I said, maybe if I could get help and I could build a Patreon it to pay for help with one episode a week and then two episodes a week with the goal of getting to three episodes a week. I said, I could keep, I think I could keep going. And actually like before the Patreon started, I started paying out of my pocket. I said, well, I found someone, Chris Posty Posterson. I had heard his podcast. He had done the theme music for the show. I knew he was talented and capable. And so I think this was, yeah, like, I don't know if this is a two year point or the three year point, uh, right around that. And I think it was November or October, so that was right when we started the show, but I don't know if it was after two years or three years uh, that Chris started working for the show, and I started paying him. And I also have a philosophy. When you work on something for free, you realize that that's kind of like sets this uh, not great precedent, and you realize like how much like uh, work goes into the show. And there's a lot. The spectrum of audio editors is of pay is pretty wide, and I knew Chris's talent, and so we agreed on, like, uh, what do you think? I mean, I would love to pay him a lot more money, but it was like, uh, like, like, like he said, well, if I was doing this, how much would I want to get paid an hour or per episode? So we found a price that I was comfortable with and Chris was comfortable with and uh, that I felt was reasonable by the quality of work uh, and, uh, like, like, livable. I mean, only as a side gig because it's not like this is a, it, the, the editing is not a 40 hour a week work. And so I kind of built a, a Patreon around that. And then I started the Patreon, but I still had in the back of my mind that at some point we'll have like, like all the rest of our bills like would becomes, would be paid before by sponsors, just cause that's like a lot of the podcast device out there. And so a lot of my budgeting and stuff was like, okay, well, when we have sponsors, regular sponsors, uh, that's how I'll be able to pay myself and I'll be able to like pay some of the other bills and the Patreon will be like it was a supplement or, or, you know, the Patreon will be like a, the sponsor will be our A option and the Patreon will be our B option for funding. And then we had like CD, like, uh, affiliate, like, uh, sleeve phones and, uh, what else do we have? Uh, like uh, affiliate, like Amazon, stuff like that. Is is other small, very small, but still, any money helps uh, funding options. And again, this isn't all. I'm I'm, I'm winging this, so I, like, uh, there's definitely some probably holes in some of this stuff. Uh, but then I started the Patreon, and I guess like uh, when you start, you do something for free. And some listeners told me this. It's like, doesn't is a spy kiss? It's very valuable, uh, but sometimes your esteem gets mixed in with it, and it's not always the most positive version of your esteem. And I started to think, well, maybe I'll just ask for listeners for a dollar. Like, if I could have got ten percent of the listeners at a dollar of the show, I said. I mean, I guess part of me is still always blown away. This was it. Well, well, how hard would that be? It should be easy for sleep with me. Uh, even though the prevailing logic was only 0.5 to 2%, and uh, like uh, 2% is like really uh, uh, nearly unachievable, of your listeners will support you on like a, a platform like Patreon, will pay for something free. Uh, but I was a little, I think I was more delusional. Like, I mean, I have a good relationship with the audience, so it's a little delusional of like uh, what was possible. But I was also scared of just asking for more money than a dollar. And so I asked for a dollar, and I thought we could get 10%, and then maybe 1% or 2%, not a dollar. And that was actually like a big error, because uh, one, we weren't able to achieve, uh, to even come close to that 10% number. And it kind of let a lot of our initial patrons know, oh, well, like, uh, 
a dollar's all Scoots wants or needs, because uh, that's what he's asking for, which was a totally reasonable conclusion on their part. And so all, a lot of the initial people that became patrons uh, were dollar patrons, which is like usually your core you get in the first three or four months uh, of your patron Patreon. And but then a, a couple of listeners, particularly Julie C., one of the moderators, said, "Do you know this is a like I don't think this is a, okay. Like the podcast isn't just worth a dollar to me, and it shouldn't be worth a dollar to you if you're working ninety, eighty, ninety hours a week uh, and a day job to pay for that. Like, uh, isn't it worth you know? Uh, are you sure you're not just uh, you're devaluing the podcast for? And I said, "You're right. Uh, I am." And so then at some point we changed to focus. And also, like other realists said, you can't get 10%. And the numbers were clear that it was like uh, we'd never get to 10% of support. Not even – it was just 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 almost like it's a mathematical impossibility. And so that was a little bit tough. But we said, okay, well, let's just go back. We'll, we'll keep doing this and we'll see how it goes and we'll, we'll take it one step at a time. And this was somewhere in, yeah, between years two and four, which all kind of becomes mashed together. And I said, okay, now over years two and four, we'll try to make this sustainable because at the end of year four or end of year three or end of both years, I was like, okay, if this isn't sustainable, I have to stop or cut back. I guess it was at the end of year three. And at the end of year three, it wasn't uh, sustainable. I guess it was the end of year three, right? Uh but it was get, getting there. And I said, oh, geez, well, it's just a matter of getting the sponsors. Uh, we're still, we had Patreon support of maybe 1% or maybe somewhere in 1% of the listeners. And while we had like a lot of uh, dollar patrons because the initial sign, the way I conducted it, it was still good signs. And then, and then we had on and off paid sponsors and, uh, it, like, I was like, well, sooner or later we're going to get like, uh, we got Casper you know, and Sleep Phones is an affiliate sponsor, which is a little bit different. But it was like, okay, sooner or later, this is all going to work because I know it's working. It's putting people to sleep. Uh, I'm consistent, uh, but it was still a lot of work. And then again, I got a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like, it's just not sustainable for me. And I started working with my job and my vacation that I'd let build up and uh, work, trying to work flex schedule. And trying to cut back at work when I could and and then like trying to be like, okay, what can I can I do some of this part time or some of this from home? Uh, but it was clear like that that wasn't sustainable either. It was like, okay, I need like I was like uh, it, it was t- t- approaching a place where I had to make a, a leap of faith, but one with my uh, with you know my fa- my daughter in mind in reality in mind. And it wasn't like a new emotionally I, I like had listener support and there's a g- hardcore group of listeners that are supporting the show. But I said, well, uh, you know, it's still like a leap of faith. Like, and I'm, I'm a person that overthinks and is, you know, anxious and stuff. Uh, but at some point I took that jump and uh, I guess that was the last year, but I said, okay, again, if I'm taking this jump, this show has to like now it has to be sustainable because I'm leaving my career which I had a pension and stuff. So it was like my, what was my main, you know, it was like, oh, that was what I was planning my future around. Uh, but I also over the years had attained a lot of skills. So I said, okay, well, I know I can produce and make podcasts. So I could always do, do something else in the podcast business. Uh, not a big, not a big deal. And then towards the last year, I guess that was four years. So I said, listen, we got to, I was honest with myself and the audience. I said, okay, I have to start looking at what's sustainable, like uh, what is paying the bills and what is not paying the bills. Uh, And so that was like, at first we tried to get funding to make sure to cover the cost of sleep to strange. And we weren't able to do that. And so we stopped putting out sleep to strange. As far as a free show, then it was like, okay, should we keep really, it takes a lot of work to put the show out three times a week. uh, And it limited my ability to try to uh, pursue other opportunities to keep the, to make the podcast sustainable, which was, so I said, okay, can we, is it realistic to keep the show 
uh, three episodes a week with the number of sponsors and patrons we have. And at the end of the year, it was like, no, it's just not, it's just like, uh, like not sustainable for me as a creator or uh, looking at the numbers. It's just like, okay, we got to cut to two a week. And that was a really good decision because it enabled me a little bit more space uh, to interact with the audience, uh, to interact with the podcast community and connect with other podcasts, uh, people that are creating podcasts. And, and it was also like right around the time I left my job. So all this happened in the winter, like uh, the end of 2017. And so like I left my job, uh, tried to focus. We had some other shakeups in there too. Uh, but actually it wasn't like, because of the Patreon was, uh, was it was it was still in a place uh, where it's like okay I still need to get this going and I still need to get more sponsors. It was like I guess in some sense I had made that leap and and, I, and so it's like okay well I'm committed to this podcast now and committed to find making it sustainable and I said okay well I do have all these tangible skills so I don't need to and I don't need to worry and because I was connected to more uh, people creating podcasts. Uh, like uh, the people at Night Vale Presents, the people at PRX and Radiotopia, and just a lot of my independent friends creating podcasts. Uh, it was like I was able to get some, you know, better advice and, and say, okay, well, I think this is like, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, and uh, to be like, okay, let's 2018, let's just see how it goes again. And I guess like uh, when you're listening to this, it might be further along. I, we still are and like see how it goes kind of state. Uh, uh, but it, things change faster now, a little bit faster. So it's like, okay, I think by the end of 2018, we'll be able to keep making two episodes uh, a, a week, uh, free episodes. And I'm pretty confident we are, but I, I, I like, uh, we keep assessing things and saying, okay. Uh, but, and, uh, I mean, the people that support the show, it's been amazing. And I think it's not an issue of, uh, people that don't want to support the show, it's just an issue of people falling asleep uh, very fast, which is like, uh, so podcast has kind of been a victim of its own effectiveness and success. And it's just like a, like an overall apathy, like in general, like to say, uh, well, if it's free, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just a strange thing to pay for something that's free or to not passively or to not pass. We're, we're kind of also taught to like passively consume advertising Instead of being like, oh, Casper and Brooklyn and, and Sleep Phones are part of what they keep the show going. Uh, so so it's just like, uh, and then when you're already sleeping in bed, uh, we've able to, like, the people are also great about word of mouth. So the show's been able to grow in that way. And I just learned so much about myself about, uh, like, about that people are there to support you, uh, listeners and other podcasters and friends and family. And that you can take these leaps and it's okay to have doubt and, and to be a little nervous or AAFRAID uh, because it isn't outside of your comfort zone. It is outside your comfort zone, but it says, okay, it's not an all or nothing thing either. Uh, you, you'll be able to find your way. And I can parent myself and say, you know, I'm here to take care of you. It's okay to be afraid. Let me pat your back. We're going to do the best decision we can. And we made a good decision. We have a podcast with uh, about 150,000 regular listeners. Uh, maybe at the time you're listening more and uh, people that really are invested in the show and uh, people that support you, people that benefit from the podcast, people that interact with you, that shower you with kindness. Uh, and there's a lot of people that believe in you in the show. So it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And, uh, Let's just take it one step at a time. I mean, that's kind of where things are. Like, I think I have trust that it's like, okay, things are going to keep growing. We're going to add some more sponsors. We're going to get our archives back up, and uh, we're going to keep the show at two episodes a week. That's what I'm working for uh, here towards the end of 2018, I guess, is my goal is to get the archives back up, make sure they're sustainable, and make sure the show, the free show, is sustainable twice a week. Uh, and, and, uh, yes, and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll, we'll get there, uh, uh, cause we got a lot of great support and I want to thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, I guess I've gone off, uh, so let's run through 
Yeah, okay, so here we are. Let's run through 600 and to now. So 600 was seven stages of banter, which, again, I can't believe that was 100 episodes ago, but that was a fun episode. Another uh, board win seminar episode. A statue of Love, that was another After Glass Slipper episode I enjoyed. A little One and Mother, that was uh, with Troy's mom and Picard and Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, Fearless Flyer review in, in October. Uh, that's funny. Uh, maybe that was our last Fearless Flyer review. I don't know, but uh, that was a good one. No, I think we did one with Pumpkin Pie Spice. Uh, pop Quiz After the Glass Slipper. Yesterday's Enterprise, uh, TNG. Uh, Hamlet with Brainbots. That was October 24th. Holy mackerel. Uh, that was like about me procrastinating going to see Hamlet and then being happy I did. Uh, Castles in Compromise as another After the Glass Slipper episode. That was good. Uh, Fistful of Datas. Uh, so we're getting towards the end of, oh, we're getting ready for the launch of this new Star Trek Discovery series. And then 609 Costume Nostalgia. That came out on Halloween. I know that was a popular episode. It was a fun look at, uh, you know, nostalgia for Halloween costumes. Uh, quilting Clues, that was another After Glass Slipper one. Uh, context, and then we did Star Trek Discovery, but I think, like, I enjoyed the show. It was just a matter of a combination of the paywall um, and, and I guess, like, just that Star Trek uh, was just having trouble with a, a large number of listeners not listening to the Star Trek episodes. Yeah, so I think those two things, like, and it was like, I didn't love, I liked Discovery, but I didn't love it so much that I said, okay. Yeah, then Talking Bogs, that was another on-location episode where I talked to a bog. Uh, Don't Look Back, that was with Talking Bogs, was with, uh, who was it with, uh, uh, Viola, maybe? I can't remember. Uh, Don't Look Back, that was a cool After Glass Slipper episode. Then another Discovery episode when doves and lambs fly together. Uh, Then a healing kind of personal fictional journey, Clouds Heal. That was like because I kept failing quizzes for Clouds uh, in like fourth or fifth grade. Uh, Teaching Valuations, that was towards the end of the, or maybe that was the last episode of After Glass Slipper. I think it was. And Choose Your Pun, that was another Star Trek Discovery episode. I think that was the last one we did. Plus, it was up against the holiday season. Uh, Apple at my core, that was a fun one because it was like a look uh, at apples, which I love, and uh, apple picking, and even like an apple coaster, I think. Uh, home, then we did a tale of the tape for the movie Home Alone. Uh, then I did an episode about snow sledding. Like a little trip, uh, immersive trip of snow sledding. Uh, then as a pole turn, as a North Pole turns, that was a holiday series, a short holiday series, uh, a soap opera at the North Pole. Then we did tell the tape for the movie Scrooge, which was again a fun one. Uh, we did a holiday knocks with Dan and Muskie. That was with Dan Harmon and Elon Musk, uh, helping, uh, uh find lost pets. And then Stormy Sheep, uh, which is another As North, North Pole Turns episode. Then we had our first Doctor Who episode with a visit from Charles Dickens, just because it was the holiday season. Uh, then a Macy's Parade recap, Happy Pucks. Uh, still, that was like the best parade ever, just because of the this guy. He was dressed as a puck. I think there's two of them, and they were dancing, and they were so happy. It was I still can see it. Uh, then a, uh, um, a holiday, a per, like a Macy's, uh, oh no, uh, then the, as the North Pole turns, uh, uh, another episode, Melorama. Then uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Tale, the tape. Uh, then a, uh, like the, the two characters from other holiday episodes, Elf Nobody Knew and the Christmas Tree That Took a Walk, uh, went on a walk together. Uh, then the just finale of uh, As the North Pole Turns, North Pole Coco Square Dance. Uh, then we had Peeping Leaves, was which was a leaf uh, episode. 
uh, like uh, where I talked about leaf peeping. Then uh, on location episode from Stowe Lake, uh, and this is when we moved to the twice a week schedule here. Uh, then our first, uh, then we started doing regular Doctor Who season one. Uh, and when that first episode was Rose. Uh, then we interviewed Jenny, the new username generator. That's another creative high point for the podcast. I can't believe it was all the way in January. Uh, then we had Lentils and Plastic Toys, which was a look back at uh, both uh, After Glass Slipper and, um, I think that's what it was. And uh, let's see, Jenny, the username generator. Yeah, and uh, as a North Pole turns, I think. Uh, uh, then it, I uh, I feel fine. Another Doctor Who episode. Uh, then uh, pitching Curry and Moranis episode. I pitched them in a Hall and Oates musical. Still haven't heard anything from anybody about that. Uh, then we kicked off our new series with uh, Fairy Tale River Ride. Uh, that was a theme park series that uh, never got a name, uh, but it was about a young woman in a theme park. Uh, then Friends in London, another Doctor Who episode. Uh, then Food Pilgrimager, which was another, uh, what is that called? Uh, Fearless Flyer episode. It was called Food Pilgrimager. Uh, then another ride episode, Dark Side of the Pretzel from the theme park series. Uh, doctor Who won once, uh, twice, uh, thrice a Doctor. Another good creative episode, uh, Weathered Weather Vane. Another one I was happy with how it came out. Uh, I wanted to do a story about a weathered weather vane, and it again took some turns I didn't expect. Uh, gliding over comfort. Uh, that was uh, like I don't know if you've been on that ride, soaring, but that was uh, what it was about. Then comic Dalek. Uh, I didn't even realize I kind of rhymed comic Dalek. Maybe I did at the time. Then a Carol King episode where I went on an adventure with a label maker. Uh, then a theme park ride, uh, theme park uh, with oceans. Uh, then 648 was a long game. That was another Doctor Who episode. Uh, 649 was another um, interview episode uh, with uh, Matter Matters. It was a TV show, Matter Matters, I think. Uh, episode 650 was Curly Sue Rush, which is based on, like, uh, what's that ride called? Or influenced by Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, Father's Day, that was a Doctor Who episode. Real, real-time real recipe, real, real, uh, both my Instapot, uh, real recipe under pressure in real time. Uh, then Panda Force, uh, which was kind of influenced by the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. Uh, let's see, Empty Snore Child, that was a Sleeping with Doctor Who episode. Then we had a fairy tale Gloom Game unboxing, where I unboxed uh, the game Fairy Tale Gloom. Uh, then we had a theme park episode, uh, Conservatory Reading, which is kind of influenced by uh, the land. Yeah, then Fan of a Fan, which was kind of an episode about fandom, and particularly that I'm a fan of my fan. Uh, then we had Dr. Dances, another Doctor Who episode. Uh, episode Romcon Con, which was uh, had a little bit of tingler in there. I wrote Romamphlets. It was about me going to starting a romance convention uh, and then going to a romance convention where I didn't have books. I had Romamphlets, uh, romantic pamphlets. Uh, Toy Town. That was uh, about, uh, like, uh, what's that, Happy Little World, what's it called? Uh, a World of Journey. I don't know what that ride's called, where all the kids sing. The Small World, yeah, that's a Small World. Thanks, Brain. Uh, then Boomtown, another Doctor Who episode. Uh, that uh, Like, really getting close to the end of that season. Uh, Central Park Regret came out in April. That was... Uh, I still say Paul Simon should make a song about that. That was kind of a, a fiction reality melded. Uh, Heart of a Candy Band. That was a um, theme park ride episode. Uh, Bad Wolf. Uh, that was a great Doctor Who episode, one I really enjoyed. Uh, 665 was Friends of Mario and Sonic, where uh, 
I said, who are all these people that hang out with Mario and Sonic? It didn't, I was like, what the heck? Uh, let's look it up. Triple uh, uh, Six was Jungle River Journey. I thought Triple Six was going to be a Doctor Who episode, but it ended up being Jungle River Journey uh, a theme park episode. Uh, 667, Parting of the Ways. Uh, that was the last Doctor Who episode. Uh, 668 was Skywriter, where I uh, met a Sky. I tried to save Skywriting uh, successfully, by the way, but it was, fict- it was fictional, but I successfully saved Skywriting. Uh, 669 was the finale of the theme park series, Caretaker's Carousel, uh, which t- part of it took place in the Carousel of Progress. Uh, 670 was uh, a good place, episodes one and two. A good place to sleep based on the TV show, The Good Place. And that was kind of like a surprise. I, I said, uh, I, I said, okay, I, I don't know. I just love the show so much. I said, we're going to do this. Uh, uh, Bell Biv de Bib. That was uh, for Memorial Day. And that's all intros episode. Uh, then we had uh, the Alice uh, Isn't at Brunch. Uh, the Alice Isn't at the Big Farm crossover. With a great podcast from Joseph Fink. Yeah, so that was a fun uh, crossover. Then a review of the theme park series, a little run-through. Yeah, then an uh, episode about Tahani and Jason, Good Place, uh, episode three and four. Yeah, three and four. Uh, then a comparison of the Pirates of the Caribbean rides with Ray, my neighbor. It was a good episode, I think. It, like it, Ray kind of said, the Disneyland and the Disney World uh, Pirates of the Caribbean rides are very different, or not very different, but. And Ray wanted to come on and explain to people all the differences. Uh, then another new series uh, that we're still in progress right now Stan Chronicles, episode one uh, Nuns in Space. Uh, Stan Returns, Stan and Scooter. Uh, then the Good Place to Sleep episodes five and six. Uh, then the Lemonade Experience, another kind of different episode, uh, yeah, where it was just about, just about sipping lemonade on a on a porch and uh, idealizing that. Uh, then the Stan Chronicles two, where Stan's on the artist journey, uh, working his way through that. Uh, then six eighty was a Good Place to Sleep uh, episode seven and eight. Um, uh, then the Bernie the Butterfly tote bag episode where Bernie the Butterfly comes out and talks about tote bags at 681. At 682 is the 4th of July, so we did an all-intros episode, More Pillows Than a Fancy Hotel. 683 was Smelling Space with uh, Nuns in Space episode 3. Uh, then we covered Good Place episodes 9 and 10. Uh, 685 was Cloud Tower, which was kind of like an air traffic control tower in the clouds. And also kind of meant to be soothing if you're flying, you know, if you're in the air, you know, you're in a a tube, you know, thing. Yeah, for people that don't like that. uh, uh, Then Letter to a Younger Soda Machine Self, uh, that was what, Stand 5, 2, 3, 2, 3... Maybe four? I don't know. Yeah, I guess four. Uh, then um, A Good Place to Sleep, episodes 11 and 12. Uh, then another Carol King episode, Mothership Connection, with a little bit of uh, uh, Funkadelic in there. Yeah, then a 99PI crossover, or tribute, more of a tribute uh, to Roman Mars and 99% Invisible, uh, where... Uh, and would mash up too with uh, pitching uh, Moranis and Curry. It was pitching uh, uh, Roman uh, Mars, uh, Rick Moranis, and Tim Curry on the movie. There's like a, a lot of layers in there. And when I record this last episode release was 691 Palm for, Prom, Prom Free, uh, Stan Chronicles episode 5. Uh, which was uh, about a you know prom that you didn't it was no a no date prom so a kind of dream prom uh, so that's all this release so let me see off the top of my head if I can figure out what's coming next uh, without looking uh, six ninety one is a good place to sleep episode thirteen because yeah, I was just listening and editing that one. 
Uh, so that would be 692 would be a visit to the New York State Fair, a little history of the New York State Fair. 691, 692. 693 would be Stan, uh, part six. Uh, just listen to that one too, but I don't want to, you know, spoil him. Uh, 694 will be, uh, a Troy, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episode with Troy is the main, not, she's, she, she's the lead. She's in command of the ship. Uh, I had to change the title of the episode to Troy. I can't remember what I named it, but, uh, because the name of the episode's not very sleepy. Uh, six ninety five should be a uh, should be State Fair. Another visit to New York State Fair. Uh, it'll be interesting. I guess you're hearing this after this all come out with uh, more details about the New York State Fair and memories. Uh, six ninety six would be Stand Chronicles episode seven. Uh, which progressively gets more and more interesting and more and more sleepy. What is that, 696 or 697? I don't know, 690—well, uh, my finger says 7. So 697 would be Star Trek The Next Generation, and I don't know the order of release. Uh, let's see, there's Allegiance is one of them. So let's just say—I don't, th- don't know if it is that that's the next one. Yeah, but that's one of the ones coming out is Allegiance. I think maybe that's it. And it's about uh, uh, Picard. Uh, two, there's two Picards at one time in the episode, including one that's uh, ready to date. So that's a good one. So that's 798 is, uh, is that 98? So 7 would be 98, I think is going to be... Uh, uh, a Tingler crossover. So anybody that's a Chuck Tingle fan uh, will have the lowing, like it should be on Chuck's podcast, uh, Pounded, the Pounded podcast for grownups only uh, will be a grownup version. And then there'll be a Sleep With Me version. Uh, all about being okay. Uh, so it should be 698. Uh, so that would make 699... Uh, Stan 8, uh, yeah, that looks right. And then, uh, 700 would be, I think is the schedule. There's like somewhere in there is a labor, uh, labor day. So it's one of those, somewhere in there is going to be all intro episode. Uh, then somewhere in there would be, uh, like, let me just try to figure out the next Star Trek one. Cause I can't remember. So it'd be at least entertaining. Like the Star Trek episode after that would be the first duty uh, with Wesley. But in between those, we did Allegiance because they record stuff so far ahead of time. Uh, like I probably recorded this uh, last week. It was so long ago. I did Allegiance. I just recorded uh, the first duty this week. Um, so what was the other one? Uh, I honestly don't know. Then there'll be those retrospective episodes and the rest of the Nuns in Space episodes. And then also we'll be doing uh, Good Place season premiere will be in there. Uh, so that's like what we have on tap. I wish I could remember that other Star Trek one. Like who was the main character? Was it? Uh, oh, uh, there's one, another one with... Uh, oh no, that one's, that one's after the Wesley episode. There's like Moriarty one. But that's after it. Okay, you know what? I just remembered it. It was, uh, it's one about, uh, it's called Brothers, I think. It's about Data and Data's brother. That might even be before the West. Yeah, it is before the Wesley one. So it's about Data and Lore, and then two other, the B stories, very short, but it's about two brothers on board the ship. Uh, And I really feel a a sense of familyhood with all of you listeners. Uh, So thank you so much for, uh, being with me on this journey and supporting me on this journey and believing in me because I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. That's why I make the show. I say it a lot, but I've been there. Uh, so thanks for the help, uh, keeping the show going or, you know, thank you for just, uh, just being rested and sleep and then putting energy, positive energy out in the world. Uh, thanks and good night. All right. I want to thank uh, Anya for the support on Venmo. Uh, thanks. Thanks. And good night. 
Uh, and I want to thank uh, and, and, uh, Patreon, uh, our new patrons, uh, Larissa, Lorraine, and Chris. Thank you, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Trish, Nancy, and Jan, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jordan, Morgan, and Carter, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Elizabeth, uh, Sarah, and Stacy, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Jill, James, and Lauren, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Kat, Natasha, and Eric, uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Anne, Caleb, and Chris, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Laura, Tim, and uh, Alex, uh, I had to say that in a strange way so the speakers didn't. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Joshua, Lily, and Melody, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, TJ, Yeki, and uh, Kimberly, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Mickey, Jim, and Annie, thanks, thanks, and good night. Mary, Maureen, and Hannah, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Lisa, Ann, Marie, and Jackie, thanks, thanks, and good night. Hannah, Seth, and Christy, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, D, Matthew, and Wayne, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Julie, Sarah, and Tristan, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Megan, Andrew, and Mark, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Emily, Matthew, and uh, Kyle, thanks, thanks, and good night. Brittany, uh, Sarah, and Friday, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jan, Purple, and Daniel, thanks, thanks, and good night. And Karen, Janine, and uh, Anthony, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, thank you so much, everybody that uh, supports the show on uh, Patreon, the monthly supporters. Thanks, everybody that supports the show in other means, in other ways. If you want to subscribe and support the show on a monthly basis, uh, it's uh, by far the number one way we keep the show going. Uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. Uh, Sleep With Me is also a proud member of uh, Night Vale Presents. You can check out all of the amazing shows over at nightvalepresents.com. And we're also a member of PRX. You can check out PRX at uh, prx.org. Thank you all so much and good night.